Welcome to another episode of Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parleys. Hell yeah, brother. Hello, Oge. NCAA tournaments wrapping up here. We're up to the final four. Weekend was pretty much devastating to my bracket. I'm sure it was the same to yours as well, but what are your thoughts on that Sweet 16? Do we lead eight all the way down to the final four? Oh, it, like we said last week, it, it never fails. This tournament never fails. And now we're sitting here with not any one seeds, two seeds, or three seeds in the final four. Um, Is this the first time ever? I believe so. It's got to be. It's yeah, I believe be. so. It's uh, it's amazing. I mean, you look at, and there were some great games, obviously, leading into it. A couple were blowouts, but uh, for the most part, most of these games came down to the final minutes. And, and uh, it just, you know, I, I still feel bad for the Spartans. That was a tough loss for them. That was a freaking hell of a game, though. Hey, that was, that, that was my favorite game of the tournament so far. I mean, the points that were scored and, and, and say what you want about Marcus Noel from Kansas State. I mean, he's the best player I've seen. He's my odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. <laughs> well, he, yeah, I mean, his penetration and and the way he found, the way he found those cutters, just dropping beautiful passes. Those guys, 19 assists against State, and followed that up with another great game in their losing effort against uh, against Florida Atlantic, I believe, right? Yeah. Now we were, you and I were watching that state game, and we thought that Michigan State would play that play him a little bit better, and he just he had a career game against them. Yeah, you know, I mean, looking back at it, you just wonder. It, it just it, it seemed like State was overhelping on him, and we made comments about it throughout the game, and you know, leaving those cutters a little bit early, try to step in the paint, and and if, in hindsight, I mean. He, See what that 5'8 kid can do when he's at the rim when you play him one-on-one. It's easy to look back on that now because State played pretty well, but they didn't hit the free throws when they needed to. A um, couple costly turnovers as well that, that cost them. But these games have been – I got – I'm going to just one thing. I had two things with, with that State game. One, I agree with you. See what he can do at the rim and see what he does if he's put on his back and how he responds to a good good physical foul. And Tennessee would have done it. Yep. And, I mean, what about – State throwing a little bit of zone at him. I know we kind of bantered about that when we're watching, but what you think that could have slowed him down or maybe changed it a little bit? It would have been interesting. Just three or four possessions, maybe see what <clears throat> see what they do, and and you know maybe it was a you get three possessions where they cast up twenty five foot shots or something and and get you back into it. But talk about a change or two when he actually got hurt. Yeah, I, I looked at you guys seven during point, that game. Seven and I point said, lead down to nothing. I said we need this kid to have an ankle injury to win this game, and it was about five minutes later he did. But toughed it out, came back, and uh, and led them to the win. Uh, UConn obviously looks like they're playing at a little bit different level right now. They were ones I that I was... can't take Danny Hurley, though. He just drives me nuts. He's a little whiny little bitch. Ah, uh, well. His, dad, his dad's a Hall of Fame coach, and his brother's a Hall of Fame player. And I'm just his, his arrogance and his attitude annoy me to this point. But he, his team is playing the best of any of them. Yeah, they... They've been winning by double figures in every one of these games, and really just thumped uh, Gonzaga again. I was yeah, that, that game was over within eight minutes. That one, that one took me right out of contention of all. So they pool I was in. They'll be the betting favorites, no doubt going in. But you know, again, these other teams, the depth I think of some of these teams has been huge. I thought in that that game yesterday with with San Diego State and uh, and Creighton, Creighton. Yeah. I thought San Diego State's depth showed up in that second half there. That's a physical team too. They really play tough defensively, and uh, just turn it into a grinder of a game because Creighton's been so good offensively throughout the tournament. But I kept waiting for Creighton to pull away from that game from San Diego State, and San Diego State hung around, hung around, and they've really have been playing well in this tournament, kind of uh, flying under the radar. Yeah, the Ryan Dutcher, what a job he's done with that crew. But I suppose I, I got to bring it up, and it goes right back to the don't, Super Bowl. Don't bitch about the refs. Don't How do it. do you make that call? 56-56, 1.2 seconds, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to call. Now, I, I'll say this. The kid the kid should not – I don't know what he was doing putting his hand on his hip. He got his left hand on him a little bit. I mean, why is he not going up just two hands on the side to you know, contest the shot the best you can? So he puts himself in a bad spot there, but they – 
did not call anything that whole game. There was 11 fouls. They did 11 fouls called on that team. No hand checks. And then he's going to call that with 1.2. And, and I've been on the side of the officials from the get-go here, but that was a, that was a crappy call. You, you, just, you, you can't call that at that point in the game. It, it had, it, 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 do you think it messed with the guy's shot? If they don't call it the San Diego State complaint. Exactly. Exactly. That, and, and if they don't call it, let's go play five more minutes and settle this thing. Yep, I agree. But that that bothers me. I just, I've always you got to know. Sit, I'm a, I believe in situations with that stuff, and to me, that is not, not even close to a situation. That's a crappy way for call. Creighton to lose that game. And I've been on the side of the officials on all this, and I usually am. But Jimmy Larinaga, Miami. What a job there. That's his second Final Four, correct? That is. I still remember when he took George Mason. That was uh, that got him the ticket out of what a mediocre mid-major to the big time at Miami. And, you know, and they were good last year, too. I forget who knocked them out, but they had a good little run last year. He's done a really, really good job, and I'm not so no sure. No real stars, but they just have, again, they grinded it out yesterday and kept hanging around, and then they took over in that Texas game. And, and he's always, anytime you listen to him talk about his philosophy and of, you know, of coaching and, and things like that. And you can see that it's not a fluke that his team is there. Well, do we pick, pick Does that a winner? cover it? Yeah, I think so. What Michigan are the, what are the, what are the matchups here? You know, do we know schedule-wise how that's going to work? First well, game? we got, you got Miami, Florida Atlantic, UConn, and who's our fourth team? UConn. San Diego State. San Diego State, yeah. Um... I suppose you're taking you're going to pick UConn, hey? Well, yeah. I mean, we got to look those. I can't imagine I'm, UConn's got to be a double-digit favorite, correct? I would imagine they're they're playing better than any, everybody right now. Like I said, that that ass kicking they they put on Gonzaga was men amongst boys there. So yeah. So the so UConn and Miami. UConn Miami is the first game that's got to be. A, I'm guessing that's going to be from. Eight to uh, maybe a nine to eleven point spread in that first one, and yeah, you gotta like UConn to come through there. And boy, I just like the depth and and the grittiness and toughness of that San Diego State defense. So I'm I'm gonna take them to end Florida Atlantic's run in that second game. So we'll see a UConn and San Diego State battle for the national championship. Well, I've been pretty much wrong all the way through here. This last Sweet Sixteen, I've done. Nothing. I, my brackets are busted. So UConn's the obvious one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the Jimmy Larinaga bandwagon and give and pull for Miami. Be cool to see him get a national title. Do you, you know, think? Do you think the Final Four is gonna be? There won't be as much juice coming into this one because we don't have the big, the big Dukes or the the Kentuckys or, you know, the thoroughbreds that are always in these. Is it gonna lose a little of the luster? I think so. I mean, UConn, yeah, they're a, they're a known team, but they're only a four seed coming in. So Yeah, they didn't even win their league. Correct. To me, but it, this goes back to the, what we talked with the parody last week. They're just teams with experience and depth. And you're not losing kids to the transfer portal. And I guess it, I guess it, it, they're they're all Davids and there's no Goliath really in in this in this final four. So yeah, who knows? Maybe more people tune in because you don't have to watch Duke play or Kentucky play, and you know people that. Want to pull for an underdog, but it'll be fun, and we'll be watching no matter what. Well, we hope we're, we hope we'll be watching, but we can't make that promise at this point. We'll fill our listeners in later on that. <laughs> what about uh, what about the our our little friendly pool we have with our with our friends that we we do every year? We pick we each get about eight teams and kind of like a fantasy fantasy pick, and you pick first and can reverse order that, all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Kind of each, a unique situation that happened this year to one of our yeah each each guy gets eight teams and and uh, draw right through and we're down to two I think it's pretty much between two two people each yep. have two teams in the final four which is impressive you and I are obviously out you were out sooner than I was but did anybody get knocked out right off the bat one of the worst performances ever in the history of that draft by uh, Mr. Steve Parks. First pick in the draft, and he never made it to Sunday of the opening weekend. First, so, first one out with the first pick. Correct. That's actually hard to do. Yeah, he took Purdue right off the bat, and he obviously didn't listen to what we said about Purdue, did he? No, no, he doesn't pay attention to this podcast, which is why we can rip on him right now. Yeah, he won't listen anyway. 
I wasn't much better, but I'm going to finish with only three points, but I'm going to beat the tiebreaker in last place because at least I made it to the second uh, the second weekend. So Yeah, so thanks, Farxy. Thanks for your donation. All right, Oge, let's move on to our, our kind of our keynote part of the program here and great moment in UP sports history. And we're going to head back to the gridiron for a pretty – Pretty awesome occurrence, if if you if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, I at this time it was we were talking 1993, and I was in my second year of college and was, you know, out, out of state. But so I, I was familiar with it. I, I knew it went on, but I guess the magnitude of it and everything just to be in the communities of uh, Iron Mountain Kingsford when those two teams won the class. Class C and Class B state football championship. Yeah, so and I, I do remember this quite 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 well, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not so sure that there haven't been, you know, what one city's had more talent than these two teams amassed in that 1993 season. Um, to have two teams in the state championship is impressive, but when you have teams that are literally neighbors, Iron Mountain and Kingsford, both playing for state championships and both winning state championships in the same year. I can imagine the party that was held on Carpenter Avenue on November 26, 1993. Um, the first matchup, the first, the first thing I remember about this, this time, these two teams is just the, the players that were on their teams. When you look at Iron Mountain's roster, but it was coached by Tom, legendary coach Tom Wender. You had you had Pat Daly, who ended up playing at the University of Wisconsin. You had uh, Don Bunn, and I remember just being a phenomenal tight end for him. See the one that got in a fight with uh, Ron nope, Dane? That was, I believe, Pat Daly. Yeah, that's what Daly was the first guy you mentioned. Yep, and then Don Bunn, I believe, was a tight end. But then you had... Jeff Angeli, who I recall this, his legs were like tree trunks as a running back, and I think he ended up playing it down at Central. Uh, Brian Sherman played receiver. He ended up having a hell of a career at Central as a wide receiver. And then the quarterback was Gabe Leonard, who went on to play at the University of Colorado. So you got four D1 players on that Class C team, and they were able to go on, and they defeated, you know, they, they defeated Manchester 28-8 to in the Class C final in 93. But the game that I remember most about that was the regional final. It was supposed to be the game of the century. St. Ignace was coming to, coming to the Superior Dome to play Iron Mountain, and it was, it was hyped as these two phenomenal teams. It was going to be a knockdown battle, and that knockdown battle started to about the opening kickoff. Somebody got knocked down already. Yeah, Iron Mountain kicked the living shit out of St. Ignace 61-6. to um, And I... <laughs> few years ago, St. Ignace's coach at the time was Charlie, Charlie Adelowski and kind of become friends with him. And he was recapping the game for, for us, uh, a couple of buddies and me, a uh, couple of buddy, a couple of buddies and I, and, and he talked and we saw the, the ass kicking that happened in the dome. And unfortunately he kind of saw that coming as well. Um, but that was one game that I remember from there. And then when you looked at Kingsford roster with, with Chris Holfer at the helm hall of famer there and, is assisted by none other than the legendary Lake Linden legend himself, Danny Short. You know, uh, Andy LeBlanc playing quarterback, who went on to play quarterback at Michigan Tech. Dave Reiki kicked for Michigan Tech. You had Mike Rakitic. I remember him just being a phenomenal running back. He played somewhere up in Minnesota, I think. And then Rob Roll was another guy that ended up playing for the Badgers. So they got, they had a couple D1, they had a D1 player and some other college players as well. And the game I remember most with in that season was the battles that they had with Belding. And you probably wouldn't have been around for those, but Belding was something back in those days. They traveled well, and they were they were a half bubble off, to say the least. 19-8. to eight. That's they, what Kingsford beat Belding, eh? Yeah. And it was semis. They played for a few years, and they, those were some of the best games that I can remember. Uh, Kingsford went on to beat Imlay City 35-14. to 14, and Outscoring them 21 nothing in the second half. Good game in the first up until halftime, but in Imlay City had a stud running back. This and this Rick Granada who ended up playing at Eastern and finishing at Grand Valley. But those two teams were loaded. They were star-studded teams. They had they have Hall of Fame coaches. Coaches, and then the probably the the best game of all of this is. And, and if people are listening that have any clue, they should be already thinking. 
Well, what happened when Iron Mountain and Kingsford played during the regular season? So week eight of the season, Kingsford and Iron Mountain used to always play. I've been, to, I've gone to I think three of those games. I've been to a couple, and there's you you better get there early, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. So this on this date, week eight, Kingsford defeated Iron Mountain twenty four to fourteen. Now and. And I don't know, maybe you've never even noticed this yourself, but when you, if you come into Kingsford and the Iron Mountain, they both have the signs about their state championships. And Kingsford's sign says, undefeated state ah, champions. And you come in there to beautiful. put a little dig on their, uh, beautiful. their their crosstown rivals. But I remember both of those teams very well. We've uh, you know Some of the coaches we've gotten to know over the years. The, the players, legendary players, legendary games, but the fact that both teams were able to win a state championship in the same year. Definitely, definitely a great moment in UP sports history. The next part of our show, we're going to answer some questions from our listeners. And this part of the program is brought to you by Poor Man's Epoxy. Local handcrafted epoxy products in Lakeland and Michigan. Projects ranging from custom bars and countertops to cribbage and charcuterie boards. No custom project is too big or too small. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, or at poormansepoxy.com. Contact Brett at 906-369-0684 to get your project started. All right, Oge. Now it's time to answer some questions from our listeners. Last week we only had a couple. This week we got a whole lot of questions from our listeners. Some uh, some regulars returning questions to us, and we a couple new ones. Yeah, this will be a big chunk of the show this week. We like I said, we we don't have all of them written down. We're gonna bank a few of them for for next time and down the road here. But we'll get right into it with our first question. This comes from. Jess in Appleton, and Jesse asks, oh, geez, with this again, uh, there has been zero talk about any sauna stories. Best sauna that you've been in, wood or electric, the culture, the experience, etc. I think with that name in the title, it has been a neglected topic after five tremendous episodes. All right. What do you think of that, And Give me a break. Well, first of all, Jess in Appleton, thanks for... uh, Thanks for the compliment on the tremendous episodes, but I think Jesse might be missing the point of this podcast. No might about it. The name Sideline Saunas and Three Team Parlays has nothing to do with the type of sauna that we're sitting in. The sidelines are indicating stories that you and I have had over our semi-illustrious coaching careers and Three Team Parlays because we like to talk about games and, you know, betting and all that cool stuff, but the sauna part really has nothing to do whether it's a wood-fired sauna or an electric sauna or, or whatnot here. Jesse, you got to bring more to the table than what you're bringing here. The sauna, Jesse, is where we shared these stories before we began this, this illustrious podcast for our tens of fans. Many, many great conversations in a sauna. Which I think most people understood. At least I guess I most people would you know, thought it was a kind of a cool thing knowing you and I, and granted you and I, we have had some discussions in many different types of saunas, but I, and I, I guess Jesse, I prefer a wood fired sauna. I have an electric one in my garage, but I think the wood fired sauna at my camp would be, you know, my favorite sauna of all time. I mean, yeah, never... I, I guess we just assume people understood that, but Jess didn't. And now we've explained it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, just part of where we've, Done a done a lot of uh, these talks over the years on sports and whatnot. So yeah, they really, we're not yeah. going to sit and spend a whole lot of time discussing whether or not uh, you know you're better off with two benches or three or whatnot. But I will say this: I'll give you a little. If you want to know a little something about saunas, I'm going to give you this. If you're going to build one, you got to use popple benches or aspen. Use use the popple, not cedar not pine or spruce and anything like that. Um, less framing material needed because of the strength. Um, you won't burn your ass like you would on on the uh, the cedar. And there's no knots where you get that seepage of the of the sap or anything like that. So just a little, if you want a little 
someone to talk, there you go. You're going to build one, use Popple as your benches. Well, and I'm going to kind of wrap this up and with a secondary question that he asked about if he preferred tap beer, canned beer, bottled beer, which to me, a sauna is good no matter what, right? Just like a beer. A beer is good. Now, if I had my preference, I would prefer a wood-fired sauna over an electric sauna. At the same way, I would prefer a bottle of beer over a can of beer. But because I don't have a bottle doesn't mean I'm not going to drink the beer. Just because I don't have a wood-fired sauna doesn't mean I'm not going to take the sauna. So, like tonight, because I'm at your house, I might have to settle for a can of beer instead of a bottle of beer. Yeah, these are these are the, the decisions we make in life. And hopefully we clear that up for Jesse. Um, I don't know. Um, do you think Jesse's ever taken a sauna? Uh, it's got to be electric. Yeah, he'd be an electric. Probably by himself, too. I would say so. Probably squeegees the floor to make sure there's no water left over. But anyway, oh, let's move on. We got another question here from a return listener, uh, Matt in Mohawk. And he's kind of playing off our, our discussions with Pistol Pete Maravich. I kind of think, you know, keep yourself under control here until I get done reading before you unload on this young man. Or old man, I guess, for that matter. The question says, hypothetically speaking, Plays Pistol Pete in today's basketball world. Would he be forced to play overseas due to a lack of physical ability? If not, what would his stats look like if he were a modern NBA player? So it just sounds like Matt doesn't think Pistol oh. Pete could have. Well, by the question, it. you have to assume Matt's quite a bit younger than us. Um, and, and not nearly as smart, that's obvious. Let's uh, look, First off, whenever, whenever I get in these discussions with anybody, the, the recency bias in sports issue is drives me nuts. And I, I'd like to ask what year or what decade would the modern era of, era of sports start? Like when do they, when do these people that believe in all this stuff that the, the guys from those past eras couldn't play? Is it, let's use 2000, 2000 NBA finals. Let's go back that far. Okay. 20 plus years ago. Correct. Lakers beat the Pacers. That was, uh, I think it was Shaq's first NBA championship as a Laker. Pacers have Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, Rick Smith. Those guys were on that, on that oh, team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lakers, that was a good team. Lakers win it four games to two. So, obviously, now, if you just knowing that, Shaq could probably play in today's game. Yeah. Okay. Reggie Miller could probably stick some shots in today's game. Jalen Rose is probably still a pretty decent player in today's game. So, that puts us back to the 90s. Let's go back there. 1990 NBA Finals, Pistons against Portland. Now, after this, it was the Bulls, and they had a few decent players yeah, on those they, teams they that I'm fairly certain could play nowadays also. So that, that Pistons team, they were kind of coming down to the end of their little run. But, you know, you have Isaiah, Joe Dumars, Clyde Drexler. On the Portland team, you think those guys could play now? I think, I, I think, I think, I think they could find a role in today's game. I think Clyde the Glide would probably be even better in this day and age. People like that that went to the rim and weren't have to yeah. worry about put to get put on their back. You think Isaiah could manage to get a little dribble penetration against some of the today's defenders? Yeah, Joe Dumars might be able to get a shot off too. Hey. Okay, so we'll, let's let's now push us back into the '80s. Um, Celtics Lakers. Six nine point guard for for uh, Los Angeles named Irvin Johnson. I've heard of him you, before. You yeah. think you think he could maybe play a little ball yet today? Yeah, I think he probably would have. He could probably pass the ball. Be able to push things. in a fast break and find that open man for a dunk. Yeah, uh, Larry Bird probably find a way to score four or five different ways on the court, posting up, shooting threes. Right. Yeah. So we're all in agreement with that. that. Kevin McHale's up and under would probably still work pretty yeah. damn well. Hey? Yeah, yeah. So. You know, that, that now we're going back even farther. So let's look at the, let's go to the 70s real quick. Even in the 60s, there's a guy, how about Will Chamberlain? You ever hear of him? 6'6", six, six, high jumper in college. He ran the 440, 49 seconds, 880, 158, 53 foot shot put, long jump 22 feet, and he was 7 feet 2. You think Wilt could maybe go out there and guard uh, Jokic? I guess the question is, do you think Wilt would still be a ladies, the, the same ladies man in today's world? Let's not world? get into that right now. With social media and stuff? Wilt the stilt? Hashtag? Think, anyway. What would Joel and B do with Kareem? Kareem gets the ball eight feet off that block, hoping that he's not six for eight from the, yeah. the skyhook. I mean, I just, 
What about, hey, here's one too. Jimmy Beheim. I listened to an interview with him the other day. Jimmy Beheim, 50 plus years coaching, and most of them with Syracuse, retired. They asked him, all these years now, Big East, ACC, all these years of coaching, they asked Jim Beheim, who are the two best players you ever coached against? Instantly, he said, Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen. <laughs> 1984. It wasn't even close. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the Pistol Pete question, go on YouTube and watch the guy. He averaged 44 a game in college at LSU. 44 a game. What do you think he would average today with all the fouls called and all that, you know, the, 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 the taking the physicality out of a game? I mean, he probably would have scored more. The other thing is, you know, if you look at some of those games from way back, they defended differently because you didn't have that three-point line. Correct. Okay? So you weren't out there with that pressure defense 45 feet from the basket. You had to they, – they packed it in a little more. 25-foot shot was the same as a 22-foot shot. So there was no three-point line and no shot clock when he's going off for 44 points. Yeah. Pistol Pete, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain, is going to score 30 on Pat Bev in, in today's game. Yeah, I think Go and I... watch. Go and watch the videos. That gets me into baseball, too. That drives me nuts with baseball. Koufax, Bob Gibson, how do you think they do nowadays? Do you think Bob Gibson would uh, intimidate uh, Giancarlo Stanton when he's standing there, 100 miles an hour coming at him? Nolan Ryan? Oh, some of that stuff with these, asking these questions. If you were great in your era, you're great in any era. I guess that's my point. And Pistol Pete was great in his era, not only in college, but also in the pros. And it goes beyond him. So I think I think that's my take on it. The great ones could play in any time. I agree. Tony Gwynn, how do you think he'd do with that shift they play now? <laughs> no. yeah. Ted Williams, you think he would laugh if they pulled that infield over? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, another one, another uh, fantastic question from Matt from Mohawk. Yeah, keep them coming, Matt. If nothing else, you're gonna keep our blood pressure high. <sighs> All right, get us on to the next one. Who's the best athlete to come through the Motor City? And this is, again, Jess from Appleton. He's on a little bit of a roll today. so He's probably sitting. He must have like a bar off his living room where he sits by himself and drinks IPAs or something. And I'm not even – who's the best athlete to come through the Motor City? What the hell is he talking is about? Is it somebody born in Detroit or played in Detroit or – Drove through it, drove going through to it. Canada. Um, All right. I, I got – I you know who I like out of this? I'm going to – we'll make this one short and sweet. but. My favorite, my best player that's affiliated with the Motor City, I'm going with Kirk Gibson. First of all, he was a hell of a player for the Tigers. Played wide receiver for the Spartans. I think, I believe he led the Big Ten in receiving two years in a row. Seems like a guy that could probably sit and take a sauna with us and have a can of beer or a bottle of beer. And the most iconic home run. One of the most iconic plays ever in baseball, regardless of era. Great call by Vin Scully. I'm going with I'm going with Kirk Gibson. Oh boy. And he's just speaking strictly of Detroit here, eh? So Well. How about Joe Lewis? Born in Alabama. He didn't say anything about that. It says who's the best athlete to come through the motor city? I'm going with Joe Lewis. He was a boxer, by the way, Jess and Appleton. Won a few titles. They named, they got an arena named after him? You can't say Irvin Johnson because he's, he's Lansing. Lansing, yeah. Where was uh, where was Tyrone Wheatley from? Dearborn Heights, Robichard. Dear, so that could count. Yeah, that could count. Chris Weber. Detroit Country Day, there you go. Yeah, so there's been I'm a lot. I'm still going with Joe Lewis. Yeah, I'm going with Kirk Gibson just because he's a badass. All right, next, another notorious fan. We won't even mention his name at this point because he's obviously got too much time on his hands. But what, in your opinion, is the greatest NCAA basketball team of all time? My favorite, my favorite, I know that's not answering the question, but my favorite is the 84 Georgetown team. But... I think it's really only one answer. 
Um, you got to look at that, the Jerry Tarkanian's UNLV running Rebels. 1990, 91-ish era. Yeah. Even though they didn't win it in that year when they, they kind of choked with Duke. But that well, they blasted Duke the previous the, yeah, year, correct? That was, that, was a, that was a humiliating loss for your Dukies. But yeah. Tark with that towel. and Stacy Ogman. Larry Johnson. Anderson Hunt. Moses Scurry. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, he was an ugly man. Probably still ugly. Ant, what, what's and, the and Greg, Greg Anthony, Anthony? Greg yeah. Anthony, yeah, they came off that ninety team. I mean, and did they play fast and up? Oh man, that was. But I wonder if they could uh, maybe function in today's modern day. College yeah, they basketball. probably wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, Stacy Ogman probably couldn't guard anybody. No, that would have. Uh, I'm sure they would have been out in the first round to uh, whoever the hell who's who beat Purdue. Fairly Dickinson, North, North, North Dickinson, Dickinson. North Dickinson. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I had to go back to that one. Anyway, so we're moving along. What is the greatest, what was the greatest sporting event you ever attended? This is from a Dave in Kingsford. David W. from the shores of the Menominee River. That's a great question. That is a great question. Boy, the I don't know how many great events that I, I've been to. I've been to a Packer. I was at a Packer playoff game one time. I don't think it was a great game, but you know what? You know what game comes to mind? It must be. I'm gonna go 2016 Northern Michigan at Michigan Tech football game under the lights. Game goes to overtime. Tech, I think, scores, kicks the extra point or something. Uh, details, I regardless. Northern goes to kick the extra point, and the extra point, maybe it was a field goal, but it was, regardless, it was a block kick for Tech to win the game, keep the Miners, Miners Cup, and the atmosphere at, at, the, at, at Sherman Field at the time, because I don't think it was Curly Stadium just yet, was, was the electric. Yeah, beautiful it was there. Night, beautiful mm -hmm. night, great game. Northern um, had their chances, and Tech... Blocks extra kit. Now, a couple of things with that. One, one bittersweet thing with that, the kicker was from Northern was actually a kid that I had known. He had played in the local area against us, and I'd actually known him since he used to come to our youth camp as a little, you know, as a little kid. And I think that was the last time he ever kicked for Northern. I think that ended it, and he was a, a great kid, a great kid, and I always felt bad for him. But the other diabolical plot twist here is the kid who blocked it for tech was a kid by the name of evan mayer out of wausau west and we were at the game and we were watching the game with his high school coach a good friend of mine mr kevin grundy and after the game my wife and i and coach grundy partaked in some post-game libations at the ambassador with evan mayer's parents needless to say they were pretty proud so I'm going to go with that event, Oh, just the best event that I've been to. I'm sure I'm missing some, but I, I remember that game just being yeah, it was a phenomenal there. atmosphere. I remember I stood next to a guy who lost his balance and rolled down the side of a hill about 30 feet to the track and hopped right up in unison with the marching band. Well, he, I believe he was a former Tech player. And Spilled probably. half his beer probably, but that's about it. It was pretty impressive. That was fun. I think my answer to that question, well, not think. I know it's uh, – the top shares big time. I was at uh, 2019 NBA Finals, Game 6. Watched my beloved Milwaukee Bucks clinch the championship. Now, I was in the beer district, or the deer district, not the actual game. But I was there. The atmosphere outside the stadium was unbelievable. Um, so, I, I think, you know, I, I, if you want to call me out on technicality, because I wasn't actually in the in the arena that's fine but i was in milwaukee at the deer district watching game six on the big screen and the bucks clinched it over the phoenix suns the two guys i was with were too scared to stick around so we had to get out there a little bit early but that's that's another story so yeah those are the two okay uh we got a second question from david w on the shores of the menominee river what was the greatest college football game you've watched in your lifetime I think you're talking about live? I don't know. 
These, David W. should communicate a little bit better, don't you think? I kind of think that ties in with what I just taught. If we're talking about live, I got to stick with that Michigan Tech Northern game. I haven't. I was at how many D1 games have you been to? I've been to one at the Big House. I remember I saw Tashminga Biaka Batuka play for for, for Michigan. That yeah, was a, yeah. and that's an incredible. The, the Big House is a phenomenal place. Never to been there yet, which is shocking, but I I have not been there yet. I was at Camp Randall when Wisconsin upset Michigan and the student section collapsed. The railing broke. Oh, I remember that. Yep. The railing broke. Kids got hurt. I was at I was at that game, of course, as a Michigan fan and then and then lost. Um, you know, they lost that game. But I did sign autographs in a bar that night as Jim Leonard. Yeah, see? Yeah, I can see that. Yep. So that maybe that I guess that was probably the greatest one I've been to. Not <laughs> only did I watch the game, but also sign about 25 autographs. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to kind of combine those two questions into one, David. So, but thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in and sending us some questions here. We'll look forward to more questions from the shores of the Menominee river. I think it's cool that we're getting questions from Kingsford when we brought up the Kingsford and iron mountain moment in UP history. Okay. All right. This next question comes from, Kevin, in the higher-end district again, I believe we're back in the Fox Valley area. Kevin asks, with you guys doing music-type material, questions I'd like to ask, why do people like watching cover bands? Friends invite me to go watch these bands. They're imposters. So apparently, this Kevin has been asked by some friends recently, I guess, to go watch some type of, uh, some type of cover band, and... I, I don't know. I, I have to disagree with them. I, I've seen some really good ones up at the Calumet Theater. Um, what's all we got? You know, we I can't go watch the Highwaymen perform anymore. Three are dead. Is that a real band? I can't go watch Zeppelin perform anymore. One is dead and the other ones don't want to sing or perform. So I, I would say to Kevin, if you can find the right one, and I'll tell you this. The Led Zeppelin cover, or I'm sorry, the ACDC cover band that comes up to Calumet every, well, it's been every summer now for a while, is unbelievable. And it, if, if Kevin's a type, classic rock type guy, if you're into that stuff and and you like ACDC, if you, if you can pull this off, I will pay for your ticket. You want to get a hold of us through email, whatever. I will pay for your ticket to the ACD, ACDC cover band that comes to Luigi's and uh and and find you a place to stay also you're invited to come up and watch it and maybe your opinions on on these cover bands will change maybe he just has to be with better friends could be um i don't really li i don't go to i'm not a big fan of the live music i'm too old i'd rather sit and have a conversation yeah thank you all right that's enough of unless you. it's the wing nuts i'll listen to the wing nuts that's not a cover band that is too all right Next, what do you got for me? All right, uh, whatever. This is from David in Boston. Oh, I'll hit the East Coast. What are your thoughts on Rick Patino to St. John's? Uh, we kind of mentioned this, that we thought this was going to happen a couple weeks ago, hey? Well, I'm, he's going to win. I mean, I don't know, Rick, uh, two years? Maybe not next year? I don't know. It'll He'll win. I guarantee it. He's won everywhere he's gone. He's a, I mean... You can say what you want about him, but I'm guessing David in Boston's probably not a Patino fan, but and neither am I, but he'll win. So St. John's needed to get – they needed a splash because that program has been struggling to get going. And uh, He's going to get he's, – he's going to bring in some yeah, recruits, he's gonna, whether they're New York City recruits or wherever. He, he's got Iona in the turn up, tournament for the last two years. So, it's yeah, he's going to win there, and I think it's a, it's, it's a good hire. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, you know, the guys had issues, I'm sure, and recruiting violations and rumors and womanizing. And but, you know, I, that's. I think it's a great fit. I, I mean, I, I, he's got New York City written all over him. I think he's going to get some recruits. He certainly knows that area. Yeah, he sure does. And I bet you there's a lot of coaches in that conference that weren't happy to see him take that St. John's job. And yeah, I'm sure the St. John's fans are happy. So. We'll move on to the next one. This All is right. Back to uh, Judd from Nina. He's got a question, Oj, and, I'm, and I, I guess this is, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but is the NBA championship 
the Bucks to lose. Well, I think right now, I think right now they've they've separated a little bit from the rest of the league. And, you know, they just got beat the other night by Denver down at Denver, but that was well. They're doing. They're, they're going to lose a game here and there. It was coming off of back to backs. They're a little. You got a few guys not playing here. Their depth is their depth is what I think is going to be really critical to them in the in the in the playoffs. But Jay Crowder's been out a little bit now. He's battling with something, which doesn't surprise me because he sat around, you know, wasn't on, didn't play for Phoenix for all those months. But I think uh, the Bucks' depth is what's going to separate them. I, I think. Well, how many games did they win in a row? They won 17 straight. It's cra- I crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's and that that's including back-to-back games. Yeah, there are 53 wins, but you know, right now they, I think it's it's critical. We mentioned this in the question earlier about that number one seed and they might as well go for it. No, Giannis tries to downplay a little bit, say it's not that important, but you're in a position right now with, you know, 10 games or so to play, whatever it is, go after that one seed, get that, have home field, home court throughout the playoffs and, and see what happens. I, I don't pay much attention in the West, so we'll see with what they, what they have, but that, that four, Four-team battle in the East will be interesting for sure. But, yeah, I do think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA right now. They're, they're going to be tough to beat in a seven-game series. Okay, we are down to our final one. That was a, that was a marathon getting through this. But this is uh, back to the Fox Valley area again. Uh, who was the best high school athlete you competed against? And, old, you can't say yourself. Jeez, he's yeah. kind of a shot. Yeah. Well, why don't you start, Well, Andy? that's a good question. Was it me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. Are we talking football, basketball, baseball? Doesn't say. Best athlete you competed against. That we against. competed against. Boy, there's some good ones. You know, back to like your the Pistol Peak question. In our era, there's some, some people that could play. Uh, football, we, you know, that's a good question. I, I I have I have an answer for you know it's pretty I, obvious I, for me. I'm gonna go with one, and I, and I, it's it's funny because I didn't really we never really competed with them. We would scrimmage with them, but I, I I competed in baseball against them. But I'm gonna go Jimmy Gilmer. I mean all Led time the, sta- all yeah. state rushing. We never played against them, but. You know, I know Jimmy all the way through middle school and high school, and you know, yeah, he was a. I mean, obviously, he's a stud football player. I'd say he's probably he's probably he couldn't beat anybody in the game of pig, but he was a heck of a football player. He could guard. Debatable. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with, and I was trying to think of the high school, you know, just area kids, but I, I think I'm gonna go right to the last basketball camp I ever went to was at Eastern Michigan was it I think it was Eastern Michigan there was one in normal Illinois too but I think this one was at Eastern and I uh I got into the one of these games and and played against Michael Finley who was a standout at Wisconsin same age I think he was 91 grad from high school and and played in the Big Ten for the Badgers for a number of years so I think that was uh that'd probably be on my list of as far as competing in a full full game against a kid that'd be Michael Finley. You know what you know what I'd give an honorable mention to? Shores of Sunday Lake. Mm, Wake a Wakefield kid? Yeah. How about Randy Woody? He was just oh jeez. Anyway, he couldn't. He couldn't beat Jimmy Gilmer in a game of pig. We're, we're again. We're talking football here. This That's not what it says. It's high school athletes you competed against. Didn't you play against Randy Woody? Yeah, he was. Well, I guess he didn't really compete because I'm sure Wakefield just ran right over you guys at UN. But anyway, so great questions from our listeners this week. Big part of our show. Keep them coming. Odes, there's a couple of topics that kind of feel like we need to, you know, give a little bit of. A little love is that a, is that a phrase to say? Sure. You know we've been talking for weeks now about the men's tournament, the NCAA tournament, but this women's tournament is shaping up to be pretty exciting right now. UConn getting knocked out for the first time in 127 years. 
But there's a lot of cool things happening in this this women's NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, we've actually been watching a little bit of the the women's tournament. You know, not more than normal, I guess. Um, We're not calling in sick to uh, watch yeah. games, but <laughs> well, I think part of it too is not that it's a. It's just you get a little when you watch so much of the men's tournament, you get a little, you know, just get burnt out with it a little bit. So, but this year I've enjoyed the games I've watched, and I'll tell you what. I don't know if I've ever ever witnessed anything, certainly not on that women's side, that somebody so dominant as this Caitlin Clark at Iowa. My God, I mean, she had a 40-point triple-double in the biggest game of her life, right? In right. the biggest game of her team's life to get to the Final Four yesterday and 40-point triple-double, which is the first time it was done, in, I think, in the NCAA in men's or women's. Amazing. And she's been doing this all year long. I mean, they're just coming upon, you know, people that are just flipping on the tournament now are just getting a chance to see her. But she's been incredible all year long. I actually watched her a couple of times. And yeah, she's worth the price of admission. It's amazing. And, and there's some other good players, too. It's been it's been great. But I, I I was just amazed by her performance. And we got two games tonight now to, I think, to finalize the final four for the women's side. South Carolina is undefeated. And they got a battle with Maryland, I believe. Yeah, and that that has the potential to be a good game. South Carolina's the head and shoulders above everybody on paper, but and then maybe you get the second Big Ten team in. Ohio State plays in it also. So. Yeah, uh, Ohio State knocked off UConn and knocked Geno out for I think 2007 was the last time they weren't in the Final Four. Does that sound about right? Boy, what happened there, hey? Yeah, that's down one dominant program. So I'll watch those games tonight, and uh, be interesting to see. But what a player! What's your thoughts here now on this? Uh, you, you brought this up a while back, and I, I guess I know your thoughts, but this uh, whole Antoine Davis feeling cheated situation with, uh, well, we brought up Pistol Pete earlier, so this is the guy that, that almost supposedly sort of broke his record. Yeah. I got two words for you, Antonio Davis. Go away. I'm, it, You know, it was a, a touchy-feely thing for a little while, but it's it's time to to let this die. He's two points away from breaking the all-time scoring record. I, we went off on this weeks ago. Now I'm really getting pissed because he's on he's in here quoted as saying, "I feel like I got cheated out of something that they can't ever give back to me." I think it's selfish and weird. People email their call to we shouldn't be in the tournament because they didn't want me to break the record. Your team is 14 and 19. You don't belong in a postseason tournament. What tournament does he? I don't even what tournaments have teams like this in there. It's a fake CBI tournament. That's one where they had to pay twenty seven thousand five hundred to go oh in. Oh my god! So he's off whining again because he didn't get the. Okay, two things. One, your team is fourteen and nineteen. You're not deserving of a postseason bid. And two, you don't count five years of points. This. Is it? Thank you. This is not the YMCA middle school. In high school or college. Yeah, we don't count. Four years. You get four years, Antonio. Maybe math isn't your, your strong suit here. Okay. Pistol Pete did this in 83 games, and you're going to do it in five years and then whine about it that, you, that they think they're blackballing you? Your team was 14 and 19. Go away. Anyway, let's, that's got We got to let this go. He's. We we got, we're got way more important things to talk about. Oh, just his nonsense. But anyway, all right. He's got to slow down a little uh, bit after uh, that one. Croce gets how about how about completely wound up. Yeah, that's uh, that that stuff just annoys me. Well, it, Ooh, it, it does. It's it, and it's yeah, like you said. We should count all our points. I, I remember one time I scored fourteen in the last minute of a Gus Macker. Does that count on my career total? Anyway, um, how about a sad note? No. Michigan Tech Huskies and uh, the passing of Hall of Famer Jeff Catilla. Yeah, I actually I got to know him a little bit or somewhat, I guess. It was he was the Tech's head coach when I was senior in high school, and they had me down for a couple visits. Coach Luke was an assistant at the time, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, Got to meet the guy. Didn't go beyond that. Obviously, I'm not going to tech, but uh, I'll tell you what. I do remember Sumi Restaurant. I've never ever seen a guy eat a pancake like that in my life. 
<laughs> not only coach for the Huskies, but also Hall of Fame player from which high school? Was it Glen Lake? Maple City Glen Lake. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that was big. Yeah. So um, Coach Coach Patilla, Cotilla, excuse me, passed away last week. And he um, was uh, really big in the European leagues and yep. coaching and then uh, managing whatever else involved in the, the business side of it and stuff. So he, and it was just died in his sleep. Yeah, 64 years old. So um, sad moment uh, for the Michigan Tuck Husky family. You know, both of us, you know, got our own stories with Coach Cotilla and it's definitely, definitely a big loss for everybody that knew him. So our thoughts go out to, you know, his family, obviously. What's your thoughts? Speaking of, uh, what about the uh, suspension? Oh my God. Let's get into that Come a little on. bit. This is unbelievable. This is, I mean, this is, a this lot is... of you people will not know that anything about this. So you got to hear this. this Explain is, it. This is, this is more ridiculous than Antonio Davis trying to count five years of points. So the NCAA has suspended Ferris State's head football coach, Tony Anise, for a future playoff game. Not for game one of the season or two games, but the next time they make the playoffs, he is suspended for one game. Wait till you hear why. Just wait till you hear why. Well, do you want to tell him old or should I? You. So when they were winning their national title, when was that? It must have been in December. And it was played in... McKinney Stadium in Texas, which is a high school stadium that they're playing the Division II National Championship game in. Can you imagine that, that facility? Probably a little yeah. bit bigger than Agassiz, Agassiz Field and Warner, Warner Field, right? So as Coach Anise was at the post-game press conference answering very intelligent questions from the media, I would assume, two of his players were celebrating a national championship by doing none other than... Smoking a cigar. And because his players were two players were smoking cigars at a high school facility, Coach Anise will be suspended in the next postseason game that the Ferris State football team participates in. Yeah, that's uh they weren't doing pot bongs in the back there. No, this is a cigar. I get the feeling that the NCAA is looking for something to, to stick to it old It just Tony drives Anise. you nuts. It just drives you nuts. But it gets better. Well, it does. It does. So Ferris State was fined $2,500 for these said kids committing such a heinous crime. And they were also charged $15,383 to clean the, for the cleaning and repairs to the locker room for smoking said cigars. $15,000 to clean the locker room because they were smoking cigars in there. My goodness. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't even know what to say to that. That's, uh, I didn't know that part of it. I, I just knew the cigar situation and I'd heard about this and that was the NCAA. It's just so sickening. My gotta, God. Can we, can we just find some things and, and that are meaningful? I mean, what are we doing here? Well, just that. And he's got to miss a playoff game. Well, which brings an obvious question to mind. What if they don't have a playoff game? Yeah, well. Uh, this, it seems like a witch hunt. It seems like there's a, there's a background story here that the NCAA is trying to nail Tony Anise for something, whether you like Ferris and Tony Anise or you hate him or whatever. But Or the NCAA is just a total pain in the ass with their rule situations. and, and Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so... Yeah, good job, guys. That's that's what it's all about. Protect those kids from the, the cigar smoke. I wonder if they inhaled. Speaking of that, you'll be around a little bit of that coming up here in a week. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Okay, how about a little, I got to I gotta take my hat off to a friend of ours who's hanging up his, his coaching whistle. Somebody you and I both know really well has announced his retirement from the sidelines. Head football coach. Lance Purple Hornets for many years. Mr. Mark Leaf is retiring. Well, we've had some good times with him over the years, <laughs> hey? For sure. One of the great ones. He's honest, just a great guy. Uh, he, those of you that know him or met him or coach against him, you know, there's not a nothing bad to say ever about Leafer. It was awesome. Always did a good job with his kids. Sure. They played you know, hard. Had some good teams. 
I go back, I think of that 2007 team he had with all those, those huge guys and they were, they were, they were good. Obviously he was a, a big, big part of the football clinic. We used to host at my, uh, my camp on the shores of Lake Superior. One hell of a softball player. It, well, I don't know. Is, is he hanging up the softball cleats or just the coaching whistle? Uh, well, I don't know. Either way, he's going to end up in Berger County Softball Hall of Fame for sure. Uh, and, uh, I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> if he's not already in there. Yeah, so take our hat off to Coach Mark Leaf. Well, Oach, this time of year's NCAA tournament wrapping up, no football, and you get the kickoff of the spring football. I always kind of like to follow teams during spring football. You know, we got, you know, Michigan Tech Huskies are – in, in spring spring ball right now we got northern michigan we got some new coaches down there they're neck deep in spring ball but what are your feelings on spring ball spring football uh i i've been i read i read a lot on what michigan's up to i'm just always curious to see what what's going on with with coach harbaugh and his crew and then you know up here with tech it's of course when you have a couple kids involved you're a little more into it also, but man, oh man, I mean, the weather, <laughs> what a, for, for the, for the crew at tech to have to deal with what they have to weather-wise, not having an indoor facility like everybody else in the GLIAC does makes it awful right. tough. Right. So it's, you got to get through it. They got to grind through it. They've, I think, uh, from what I've heard, they got out all three days last week. Um, so it's, it's part of, playing NCAA football, you got to go through and, and give these kids their opportunities to bat a little bit and certainly allow the coaches to get an idea of what they're looking at going into the fall. But just, it just gets you thinking about football again. Yeah, a little, little yeah, excitement. Hopefully, you know, injuries are avoided and depth is built, but it gets people back in the, you know, thinking about football again. So I've always kind of liked it and try to check out spring practices and spring games whenever I can. It, and, and now a lot of the big time programs are, they're showing those spring games on, on TV, which oh, gives, sure. gives you something to do on a meaningless Saturday afternoon in the doldrums of spring. But, and then how about one more tip of the hat, one more tip of the hat, to great accomplishment for another, another upper peninsula school. Yeah. Uh, division four state champs from the UP Munising Mustangs. Tight victory over the team at Tri Tri Unity. Yep, Wyoming Tri Unity. They beat uh, they beat you and Trail Creek last year in the finals, um, and had been there numerous times. So that was a great win for me. Any time a, a UP school can go down and beat a private school, um, I just love it. I love it, love it. And watching you know the turnover from schools like that compared to what Tri goes on <laughs> at, at Tri Unity. At, yeah, you know you, you look at People are asking, well, they have the, how many guys are back from last year's team? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows where they end up and where they go? And that's the luxury of those those private schools. And then to go out and and just get – I thought, you know, the Munising kids just defensively were tougher than snot, and they, they uh, stuck right in there, rebounded well, and did enough to get that win. So that was awesome. Coach Kinders does a great job with those guys. You saw that all the way through when they matched up with Jeffers and how, how they, they – took it to Jeffers defensively and didn't let them do what they wanted. And then the, that semifinal game in the finals too. It's very tough defensively. So big, big shout out to Munising, Munising Hoops and the entire Stang Nation. I'm sure they're celebrating down there and on the shores of Lake Superior as well. I would think so. Well, oh, do you know what it's time for, hey? It's that time already. Yep, it's time to listen to the lyrics. All right, this week's Listen to the Lyrics segment will be the first of probably many songs by the late, great Merle Haggard, the poet of the common man. Merle, along with Buck Owens, helped develop the Bakersfield sound of country music. This song, called Holding Things Together, is about a broken family, and in this case, the dad and daughter are left behind by the mother. The dad pleads for the mom to understand how difficult it is to raise the daughter on his own. And then in the second verse, Merle writes, Today was Angie's birthday, but I guess it slipped your mind. I tried twice to call you with no answer either time. But the postman brought a present that I mailed some days ago. I signed it, love from mama, so Angie wouldn't know. And that's Merle Haggard. 
together Ain't no easy thing to do When it comes to raising children It's a job meant for two Alice, please believe me I can't go on and on Holding things together With you gone Today was Angie's birthday I guess it slipped your mind I tried twice to call you With no answer Either time But the postman Brought a present I mailed Some days ago I just signed it Love from Mama So Angie Would know Holding things Together Ain't no When it comes to raising children It's a job meant for two Alice, please believe me I can't go on and on Holding things together with you Please believe me I can't go on and on Holding things together With you gone Well, Oge, that's going to bring us to just about the end of episode six here. Uh, some pretty good topics we are hitting on this week. Again, thank you to our one sponsor, Poor Man's Epoxy. Uh, we're always looking for more people that want to get in on with this this life changing show that we have. You can follow us on Twitter at at ss3tp. There's a Facebook page. Send us some emails to Crouchy and Oge at gmail.com. But, yeah, reach out to us. The questions are fun. We're having a good time with that. Uh, next week, we're going to... And don't get all pissed off if your questions weren't up there this week. We can't, you know, we can't do them all at once. We just got to, we, we'll keep banking them and bringing them out down the road. So And some of them, frankly, are just ridiculous questions. It's not that, let's not go there. Some good ones, but, but uh, next week, we won't have a show. Would you like to tell our tens of fans... Where we'll be? Yeah, we're taking a little break. We're gonna we got spring break coming up, so if you're wondering where we are next Monday at this time, we will be in Puerto Vallarta. So hopefully the uh, NCAA doesn't punish me for the cigar smoke that'll be blowing in Andy's face for about <laughs> five days. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. So we're gonna take a take a little break, and uh, we'll be back. Filling you in on, well, I'll tell you what, we got MLB baseball starting opening day. I want to talk about my Brewers, that National League Central Division. Go through that a little bit. They open up with the Cubbies at Wrigley next Saturday. And then we also will spend some time with all the baseball rules changes. Well, uh, you know, the base MLB is making some changes to their rules. And you and I have developed our own rules for a certain sport that we you know may piss off some volleyball people, but we came up with a plan to make the game of volleyball better. We might have to unveil them in comparison to the MLB rules. And we can't wait to get some volleyball coaches um, texting us and letting us know what they think of these rules as well down the road. But that's all coming up. So uh, MLB will also have a national champion um, awarded by the next time we talk to you. 
like I said, I'm, I'm fired up for the baseball season. Corbin Burns starting for the Brewers in game one at Wrigley. And uh, we'll go and from a, there. And NFL draft coming down the line here, Oof. too. Got a little little local flavor that might have to get discussed as well. You, you won't believe what we have for you in store with the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, we're going to throw a couple polls up there. Maybe throw some stuff on Twitter, on the Spotify polls, and just get some get some feedback. We've got a couple of questions that we think would like to hear what our listeners think. Yeah, this was as... actually a listener question, but we're going to put it on the poll, correct? Yeah, I'll get that. we'll get that out there tonight. and. See what people say. Maybe they'll respond. That last poll we had, nobody participated. Well, what's that question? The question is, what what product, food, or beverage is no that you, you don't eat or drink anymore, and why? Yeah, no longer made or taken off the market. Yeah. Um, we'll put that up there. You know what comes to mind for me right away in that? Fruit-flavored Trident. They took that off about what? 15 years ago. Fruit Trident. It was the best gum there was. Now they change it. Now it's, it's uh, citrus. Still an orange pack, but it's citrus, and they put that shitty pineapple flavor in there, and I can't deal with it. So, fruit trident. That's is, that's what comes to your mind right off the bat. Yeah, uh, for sure. It, 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 it's a, a very obvious. You need a vacation. Oof. See you, Oj. Talk to you later, Crouchy.